This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live at the Zoomerplex in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 radio. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can switch over to the FM dial. In downtown Toronto, you can listen to us on 96.7 FM. I'm Walter Rigabon, your host, my co-host, as usual, this Sunday morning, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you today? I am uh, drank a little bit too much, ate a little bit too much, and uh, got to get those New Year's resolutions going. So you, so you going. had a good Christmas then? No. We had a great Christmas. Thank you very much. I uh, hope I saw a couple of your pictures and uh, some of your new additions. Uh, yeah, yeah, the sweater. Uh, the, your, uh, your Christmas additions. I know uh, you and your family had a, had a great Christmas as well. And with us in studio... A friend of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We keep trying to get rid of him. He keeps coming back. Lou Franceschetti, uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf player and Washington Capitals. And all kidding aside, uh, you and I joke around a little bit, Lou, and we have fun. But uh, I do respect the career you did have in the NHL. And uh, welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. You know the food's always great here first thing Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, really. Fantastic. <laughs> Actually, our sponsor, Pizzaville, has uh, said uh, they'll... They'll, they'll send us pizzas if uh, any time we want. They'll open up early for us. Anyways, that's, it's a, that's a great diet for a 60-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza first thing Sunday morning. <laughs> I, I, I take maybe a little bit too much drinking and a little bit too much eating in your recent uh, pizza, recent past. Pizza was the best thing uh, for us when we were kids the morning after, right? Well, pizza, yeah, was, that always tastes a lot better the second or third yeah, day going. Yeah, Absolutely. Anyways, welcome, welcome, uh, Lou. And uh, it's our last show of... Uh, the year 2015, we're heading into 2016 uh, next week, and uh, it's certainly been an interesting year in the sports world, uh, but an interesting game yesterday, the World uh, Juniors. We always follow the World Juniors. Canada didn't get the result that uh, we would have wished. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was an interesting game. Uh, I thought the game could have gone either way. They got a bad break right at the end when the puck ricocheted off their defenseman into the net, and... Sort of a weak fourth goal, but it's only the first game in the tournament. And if you're going to lose a game, this is the one you're going to lose. We always hate losing to the States, uh, with all due respect to our Western New York listeners, but uh, uh, we hate losing to the States. Uh, I don't think they're the favorites in the tournament. I think Sweden is the favorite, right? Sweden or Finland. Yeah, they're the, the Canada's not even uh, rated as the favorite in the tournament. Well, you know, the Canadian team, uh, they've got, uh, you know, I think there's only four holdovers from last year. But they, there's talent there. I mean, you know, Strom and Marner and uh, some of the other guys. Uh, I, I think this is a tournament that could could go, I, I, you know, could go any way. I mean, I think this is, uh, you know, how many times has Canada won uh, won every game in the, in the round robin and then they lose in the semi to, a, you know, a team that's peaking? I think it's going to turn around the other way. 
this year. I think Canada is going to peak as we go along. And then we, we didn't have our number one goalie in the net yesterday. Apparently, the uh, the goalie who's supposed to be in the net got suspended for eight games in the OHL, and he'll be uh, he'll be back somewhere in the middle of the tournament. So that may change our fortunes at all. Uh, may change our fortunes somewhat. Uh, certainly, it's an exciting time of year. The World Juniors. We had an incredible result. Uh, Last January, talking about the highlights of 2015, of course, the Canadian junior victory at Maple Leaf Gardens uh, at this time last year was certainly... Air Canada Centre. Sorry, the Air Canada Centre. <laughs> uh, certainly was, uh, was a great way to start off the year and uh, certainly some great memories of the, that game when they beat the Russians uh, at, uh, at the Air Canada Centre. And uh, it, was a, it was a great Canadian junior team. Uh, Max Domi, of course, used that as a springboard to to an NHL career, and uh, uh, that certainly got us off uh, in the right track uh, last year. And then uh, some of the other uh, some of the other events from last year, of course, uh, I want to talk about the Leafs um, was pretty sad. Uh, it's about this time last year, Randy Carlyle got fired. Uh, next week would be about a year anniversary, and things just spiraled out of control. But would you rather have the team they had last year at this time or this year at this time? Well, is there any dramatic difference, Lou? Uh, other uh, than the coaching, talent-wise, is there any dramatic no, difference between... I think they had between... a lot more talent last year here, uh, and, and Randy got the best out of what they possibly could. Uh, this year, you could just see... After Peter got in there, uh, when he got fired, this, that team went uh, downhill right from the get-go. He tried to install a different system. Uh, they just wouldn't buy it, especially with uh, with Phil Kessel there being the ringleader. Uh, but I really think that year turned uh, turned around in the wrong ways when they, for, they forgot to salute the Leaf fans after one of the games, and then they tried to make up for it, and you just, you just, you just can't do that. Not in the professional sports business. Anyways, it's a, it's a year-end show, wrap-up show this year for the Nazawali Sports Hour. Another gentleman who's been a friend of the Nazawali Sports Hour has always provided us with incredible insights into basketball and other, all other sports is, of course, former Toronto Raptor coach Butch Carter. Uh, Butch, good morning. How are you this morning? Good morning, everyone. How are you? How's everybody doing? I hope they have enjoyed the uh the year-end festivities, either uh, celebrating Christmas or uh, our, uh, holidays. And oh, thanks, thanks so much for the regards, Butch. We're just uh, chatting between us that we uh, we all feel that uh, we ate a little bit too much and drank a little bit too much. So there's certainly uh, certainly some exercise in all of our near futures, uh, Butch. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, Raptor game last night. Raptors came from behind. Uh, What's your sense of the Raptors team this year? Uh, you know, you uh, last year I, something sticks out in my mind. You had a we, you you uh, uh, came into our studio last February with a whole bunch of stat sheets, and uh, <laughs> you, you and you were sitting right right to the left of me in the studio here. And I remember it was like yesterday. And the Raptors were on top of the world. Everybody in Toronto was loving them. And uh, they were in first place in the Atlantic, or close to first place. I don't recall correctly, but uh, they were the cat's meow in February. And you came in and you and you threw uh, and you doused the you doused the flame. You came in with a whole bunch of stats showing that it was a mirage. And you know what? You were absolutely a hundred percent correct, Butch. So, what's your assessment of this year's team? Well, this year's team is going through what all good teams have to have to figure out. Coach Casey has to figure out how to equalize his energy throughout the game. And, you know, historically, they've been very poor at trying to, trying to find balance. The, 
the guys who are going to start do their job starting, and the guys who come off the bench do their job off the bench. And now it's a little comp- more complicated because he's had two of his starters out with injuries. So, you know, I see the same thing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. All the teams who are integrating new people over the last two years have this issue. And you see the teams, Golden State, San Antonio, who predominantly don't have new players. They're, they have new roles for some players, but the players have been in the system. They're more consistent. So I think what coaches trying to figure out, like all NBA coaches, is how the team, how does a team become more consistent? And they're doing it last night. You just, you just saw that a better job. But really, you have a team that you're playing, and they just lost their coach to hip surgery and the assistance coaching. And it normally doesn't work out. Uh, for that guy who's stepping in um, because he hasn't had the influence over the team. So they won a game they were supposed to win, which is really important. You need to win games that you're supposed to. And, uh, you know, we saw that Houston wins at San Antonio or beat San Antonio and then loses to New Orleans. So, you know, you need to find a way to level it out, win the games you're supposed to, and then really compete against the great teams. So, as I've always said with them, their Achilles heel is the fact that two of their players, two, uh, the point guard and DeRozan, shoot an unbelievable amount of free throws. And then they get in the playoffs, and the Zebras don't call the fouls for them. And now they have to struggle to score points. That will be a consistent problem for them uh, because they are defined as really good players, but they're not defined as superstars. And they have not found a way for um, to have consistency of the stats that they create during the season to carry over into the playoffs. Butch, uh, let's look on to this year coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, let's look at the summertime because we're tr- we're doing a season-ending show, but we're looking at our, in, into our crystal ball. Do you see the Raptors going after Kevin Durant? I think everyone will go after him, but I <clears throat> I don't. I don't see how it's obtainable. Um, look, the right now they have two assistant coaches that coached at Oklahoma City, I believe, sitting on the Raptor bench. So those guys are going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Durant is is represented by Jay-Z and Rock Nation. I would think that they would perceive that the lack of any endorsement money from corporate sponsors in Canada would make it really hard for a guy that uh, the agent gets 20% of the outside money. So if another market is uh, going to give him a max contract, plus he can make another $100 million outside with corporate sponsors, that's where they're going to push the client to be. That's, that's just the way it works. So uh, we've seen that with Tracy McGrady. Um, but I think that uh, I think that there's, it's clear that Masai has at least given the Raptors a chance to get players that they normally wouldn't be able to get. I'm just not sure that Durant is your answer. Most good teams, you need three star guys. You need three all-stars. And um, DeMar DeRozan potentially is, is going to be a free agent. He could leave a lot like Chris Bosh did with no compensation. So what what he has right now is complicated. And Masai is the boss, so he's got to figure that out. And it's never easy. So you think that they're further away than Kevin Durant than challenging for a championship? Well, the the issue in Canada is that 
no one in Canada has a true vision of what a championship team looks like. They keep thinking that, um, and let me just make it fair so your listeners understand. My evaluation that I grew to understand a championship team was that I was fortunate enough to be drafted and go to training camp and play a season with Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jamal Wilkes. So it changes your whole scope of what a championship team is supposed to be. Um, you know, if you compare uh, your two stars with Toronto with the, with the players in the NBA Hall of Fame, I don't think those guys ever get in the Hall of Fame. So I think you have to acquire Hall of Fame-type talent to consistently have a chance to be a championship team. And that's not been the vision in, in Canada. And it's unfortunate. It's, it's been about the business of sports and less about the business of championship basketball. We're talking to Butch Carter, former Toronto uh, Raptors coach. Butch, uh, the Golden State Warriors are off to a start for the ages. I think they're 28-1 and one or 29-1. And, one, and um, where do they fit in the, uh, in the great teams in, uh, in NBA history? And, uh, and where does Curry fit amongst the great, great NBA players of all time? Well, great teams have a found in effectiveness. They're, they're effective. They're efficient. Um, they make shots, and by making shots, then the game of basketball gets a lot easier because you don't have allow a defensive team to, to have a second guy to help. So they, they make shots, and they force you to defend them <clears throat> further away from the basket, which makes it easier for them to get to the basket. Your listeners need to understand this. The Golden State Warriors have the number one home arena for noise, intimacy. It's a lot closer to a college environment. The NBA environment, because they play at ice arenas, the fans are back. And then you institute the, um, the corporate, they brought the corporate suites down in a lower level. So a scene that we would see starting the third quarter in a Raptors game, you would never, ever see that in a Golden State game. Their fans are there. They're engaged. They love their basketball team. And they would they would never start a third quarter with 25 30% of the lower-level seats empty. So they play in a unique environment. They have a unique skill set for basketball, which is what people used to do is make shots. And... They like each other because a lot of times in this day and age you get young guys who are multimillionaires and it goes to their star guy that they like their star guy. They like what he does. Uh, he knows when he's, when he's on, he does his thing. When his, when his uh, running mate is on, he does his thing. They are a unique team. And I also think they've also drafted very well. They've got a, lot of, they've got a starting center now. That was a low draft pick. They've got a power forward. That was a second-round draft pick. So they have drafted well, but I think they're committed to winning, and that has been exemplified in the championship last year. And once you win at their level, and this is what I always said, people talk about analytics and math. Well, now they got three other guys rooting for them, and they're, they're the officials. <laughs> That's true. Right, and that's just the way it works. The officials are human beings. It's human nature. They go out and watch. They've watched good teams play for twenty years, and then you get some dumbass who's sitting upstairs in the front office, and he says, "Well, you know, the officials have nothing to do with the analytics." Well, I mean, that's stupidity. 
Your analytical model has to have three officials and two coaches. That's 15 people. And anyone that ignores that is nothing but trouble. And if you look at the winning teams, they shoot more free throws than the other guys. And how do you, how do you shoot free throws? Well, there's a zebra out there blowing his whistle. So they have momentum. They have their star guys are doing commercials for the NBA. The officials know when they go there, they're going to see a really good basketball team play. And the officials do what they're supposed to do. They don't get in their way. And they don't let you. In the old days, see, a guy like Curry, you could put your hands on him, knock him down, and take him out of the game. You can't do that now because Mo is on his side. So until Golden State plays poorly, they have got everything going in their favor to compete and win another championship. The Raptors, uh, would they have been able to uh, succumb the injuries last year compared to this year, the two guys that are out? In- injuries, for whatever reason, they run in waves with teams. It's it's really you can be extremely good and be unlucky. I think LeBron said it best that you know Golden State's been on this heck of a run without any injuries. Uh, and prior to you know last season, Curry was always subject to ankle sprains, and for whatever reason, he you know that hasn't happened, so he's available. You can't win uh, against the top teams unless your your really good players are available. And the Raptors have run into two things. One has been a spell of injuries. And then they've also run into a spell where they don't make shots. And Kyle is, is running to air in, in the playoffs where he didn't make shots. And then he compounded it by fouling uh, after he missed the shot. So he committed a double sin, and it really put his team at a disadvantage, just like the game where he got thrown out with the, with the technical. Uh, the official, Scott Wall, has not been a very good official. He, he was officiating uh, when I was an assistant coach in Milwaukee. Uh, the official that threw Kyle out, his father is Bill Wall, um, the former head of USA Basketball in Colorado Springs. I would think that he became an official through some favoritism with that relationship with Bill Wall. But he's never been a good official, and Kyle should have stayed away from him. And we're talking to Butch Carter. One last question, Butch. I want to follow up from... Uh... The last time we talked in early November, unfortunately, we weren't able to uh, finish off uh, a question that had come up uh, from one of our listeners uh, that, that time back. I want to follow up on that. Uh, you, of course, uh, when you took over the Raptors back, uh, I guess it was late 90s, early 2000s, you, you took them from the, you were the only guy who took a team from less than 20 wins to the playoffs. And then then you had, your, I guess, your issues with Richard Petty, and then uh, you never coached in the NBA again. Um, any particular reason why? Well, I'd, I'd been on the treadmill for quite a while. I'd always know, knew that I wanted to be a coach. And, you know, when you fall in love with a country and a woman, you tend to stay in, in one place. So um, there are a lot of people who coach for money. I didn't coach for money. I coached to win games. So it's if you can't find a partner that just wants to win games and um, – so it's just that's just the way it works out, you know. And like I said, I have moved past all that, forgiven everyone, you know, really couldn't give a hoot. But um, my mind is as sharp as ever. I still see the game, as I've always said. Basketball is a mathematical calculation. And the people who can do that mathematical calculation will be far ahead of the people who can never do it. Yes, it can be enhanced by skill and talent. But basketball is still a mathematical calculation in professional sports. Half of the games are lost every year, and I prefer to be in the top 10% of the winning teams.
Anyways, we've been talking to Butch. You know, Butch, we always uh, we always appreciate when you take time for us and provide you provide us and our listeners with your incredible insights into the sport of basketball and in in sports in general. Listen, uh, we wish you the best in the new year, and uh, thanks so much for joining us again this morning. Thanks, and make sure you invite me back when, when you guys are going to talk about the Blue Jays. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay no problem. <laughs> well, that's next. We're going to we're going to be doing it today a bit, but uh, that, that's coming up next, Butch. So right. l- listen, listen to the rest I'll of the show. <laughs> thanks, Butch. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks so much. That, of course, was uh, was Butch Carter, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know what I've you know we we talk basketball, but uh, man, he knows he knows that stuff so Kevin so well. Dur- Kevin Durant wouldn't bring him a championship. I don't know about that. He would never come here. No, not that he wouldn't come here. I don't no. think he'd come uh, here. I think, but I think with... inserting him into the lineup would make a big difference. You know what? I don't even know if he'd be the big difference here. Uh, the problem I see with players coming here is one. The Raptors are not a top five team, and two, I don't know whether they're actually going to go out and and pay the price to bring that missing. Pay cog the price. Here. I wonder yeah, where that comes from. Pay the price that uh, to bring that main cog here. And the third, but most obvious thing, players don't like to go through customs at two o'clock in the morning when they're coming <laughs> back from a rope. And you think that's funny? It, no, it, no, no, no. It I is, don't the, think it is the truth. It, it, like I they you. like to get off the plane. Go right to their car and go home. And no, um, for, go. Uh, unfortunate for whatever reason it is, here in Canada you got through what your, your no. flying charter. You got to go through customs, uh, and uh, professional athletes they just think it's a pain in the ass to do that. You, you know what, Lou? You raised an, an interesting uh, an interesting point I never thought about. So uh, you know, athletes fly back, and this, I'm sure this is the Toronto Maple Leafs too. You fly back from from New York. You arrive at uh, Pearson two o'clock in the morning. Are you treated like everybody else? You yeah, you, you are. You, you have to fill out the same custom forms, everything, because you're going through... Uh, Do you go through uh, a special you, gate? Yep. Are you treated special well, in any way whatsoever? Well, you through a special gate because you're, anytime you're flying from the U.S. into Canada, there's customs that you have to go through. Uh, your, the custom papers, the immigration papers that you have to file. And some guys, they just think it's... It's a pain in the ass to do it. Yeah. I, I want I want to, I want your comment on this, Naz, and uh, because we've got to go to break uh, as soon as we can here. Um, in, we raised the issue of uh, you know Toronto's as Lou says not top five, and, and over the course of the Raptors' history, whenever we've had stars here, um, they've sort of left. Uh, we, yeah, lost, Carter we lost Carter. He wanted out of town. McGrady wanted out of town. Bosch wanted out of town. When, hey, let's when, go back to Stoudemire. And Stoudemire. <laughs> they wanted out of town. Uh, cite me the case where they signed a big-name free agent that came the other way. Olajuwon. Olajuwon. But he was at the tail end of his deal. The first time I saw Olajuwon run up the court, he couldn't even he couldn't even make it up the court. But in the prime of his career. Yeah, but that's basketball. But the baseball well, guys. Well, it's not just basketball. But the baseball it's guys. Toronto. No, but the baseball guys signed. Well, let's talk Jack about Morris, basketball. Jack Morris, Paul Malter, Dave that, Winfield signed here. So it's not. A, that's not an issue. They right? didn't sign here. They were traded here. No, no but they were free agents. Malter, Winfield, Jack Morris were free agents. When did Malter come in? One year after they went it or. This, no, 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 he, he came, came in the in, second year. Yeah, he exactly. Was, he, he replaced Winfield. The same he thing. replaced Winfield. Dave so Stewart, they came. It's I'm, not that I, they I, didn't come. I'm talking about basketball here. Okay. Okay? And and we're talking about Kevin Durant. And, and I respect I respect your analysis there to, to baseball. So, you know, I don't know if it's a Toronto thing or if it's a basketball thing. So they have to fill customs paperwork out oh, like everybody uh, that, else, right? Yeah, but that's – I don't know how much difference that makes. But – 
Is there is there a case, refresh my memory, is there a case of a basketball free agent in the prime of his career coming to Toronto? Because I've cited four cases of them going the other way. No, there hasn't. There hasn't. And, and I think DeRozan's the next one. But how many how many times have they been and I, in And I think in if contention? Butch Carter, I think if, 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 we, if we had Butch on the line, I think he's answered this question. As far as he feels, the corporate sponsorship opportunities are much bigger for basketball players in the United States than in Canada. And so I, that means that hockey players would have a better opportunity here than basketball yeah, players. Well, that's your analogy, That may be right? St- Steve Stamkos, maybe. maybe that's that, why. That may be. Anyways, we, we can debate that, and we'd love to, but it's time for our break, and we'll be right back shortly. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. <clears throat> Pound three six three six no pound three six three six no Come on baby pound three six three six Come on baby pound three six three six Let's go ring to it Call Pizza Bill on your cell phone at pound three six three six There's an old saying Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. 
not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from the Zoomerplex in downtown Toronto, the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, we're also on 96.7 FM. Going to change topics a little bit here. 2015 may have been one of the most miserable seasons until the Messiah, Mike Babcock, came in. Uh, but the early part of the year didn't start well for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Randy Carlisle got fired. Uh, Peter Horacek came in, and uh, it was a disaster down at the Air Canada Centre from January till early April. Certainly one of the most, if not the most miserable Leafs half season I can ever recall. Apathy was rampant, seats were empty at the ACC, and television ratings were down. That was pretty miserable. And scalpers uh, took a beating. And, of course, you're listening to the voice of Lou Franceschetti, who is, of course, a Toronto Maple Leaf, and scalpers took a beating. But, uh, you know, the Shanna plan, as they call it, Brendan Shanahan and uh, Mark Hunter and Dubas and Lou Lamorello came in, seemed to have done a little bit of writing the ship. Uh, certainly we're seeing a little bit more competitive spirit in the blue and white since the season started. Uh, talent level hasn't changed that much, but uh, certainly the team seems to be somewhat more effective. Uh, comments, Ness? Yeah, uh, they would be in a playoff run if they had half-decent goaltending by uh, Bernier. If they, he had played average, they'd be right in the hunt. They're only nine points out of a playoff spot with a bunch of games in hand, so they'll get close anyway. Anyways, uh, we we debated this question uh, before we went on the air. Lou, uh, you, you brought the question up. Uh, what do what does uh, what does the management team do if we're in uh, near the, near the uh, trade deadline and we're within sight of a playoff spot? Uh, do we maintain focus? Do we maintain the plan? Trade assets for draft choices and that type of thing. Or do we uh, fight uh, fight like crazy and try and make the playoffs? What, what do we? What does what, what does the what does the team do? Well, there, there's a lot of things that the team can do. It's more or less of whether they're if they're in it to stay the plan. I, I really think they are going to stay the plan because they get the a lot of good young kids. The Marleys are doing well down on the minors. Uh, Needlander and all those boys uh, are, are doing well. Uh, if you never know if if Marner gets knocked out of the playoff to the London Knights, does he come up here for for a stint? They they have built the right atmosphere with the Leafs, which I think they feel comfortable now that uh, whatever direction they go, that they're gonna they can bring a young kid up and put him in that situation, and there's not going to be an older guy that's going to lead him astray like there was last year. Uh, last year was was a complete disgrace to the team and to the city because the effort that they put in after Peter Horacek that they, they wouldn't buy into his system was just a total joke, especially with us alumni. And we talk to a lot of the fans that we mingle with and communicate with up in the alumni box. Uh, but Mike Babcock right here is uh, is running the ship. Uh, they know that with the players that they have, uh, the better they do, the higher the draft picks uh, they're going to trade for. Uh, and then they're going to bring the young kids, they're going to filter them in one by one, put them in situations where... Uh, they can't. Uh, they can't get beat, and then they're just going to keep building from that. They they know that Nylander and Marner and Dermott and guys like that are are the future, and Sparks are going to be the future. Uh, the big question is is how many 
players on this roster will be here two or three years down the road when there won't be when this many. plan is 50% through and, and on the way up. Yeah, there won't be too many, probably five or six probably. Which five or six? Which uh, one? Which ones would you hold for the long term? The guy whose name is real, has come up um, in the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, and it happens to be my favorite Toronto Maple Leaf right now, is Uncle Leo, as Joe Bowen calls him, Leo Komarov. Leo Komarov is totally exceeding expectations this year. He's got, uh, what, 14, 15 goals? He's got 15 goals. 15 goals. In the More than Phil Kessel. The season's not, and, and not only that, he's, he's, he's a grinder. Uh, he, he, he works out there, he's physical, he goes to the net, he gets his nose dirty, and he's scored, he's already scored more goals than he's ever scored. And, and the reality is, his asset value right now is probably as high as it would ever be. I think there'd be a tremendous interest in Leo Komarov. I hate to say this because I think he's a, I, I just love him as a player. Well, you've got, you got to remember. But, but, but if you've got a plan, if you've got a plan, uh, where you want to be in two, three years' time, and he may be your greatest trading asset, do you, does Shanahan or does Lamarillo give a serious thought to trading Leo Komarov? What would he fetch, though? What would he get? Oh, I, th- he get? I think that, that, that's, that's going to be the big question right what now. Is what, what, what return are you going to get from him? And you got to let's, – let's look at the whole picture here. Mike Babcock, when he was with Detroit – Here's your Leroy Kramarov. You have your friends in, and you've got your Holmstrom. They weren't great players. They represented their country, but they were guys that came to play every single night. They got the goals within that dirty area. You, obviously, you had your superstars, your Zetterberger, your Datsuks, and all those guys, your, your Cronwells and, um, and your Lidstroms. But you look at Kramarov could have played on that Detroit team. Oh, absolutely. Back oh, he could but, but, hey, but he wouldn't. Be the focal point like he is right now because of his 15 goals. You know, it's not a mirage. He he's working hard. Uh, two years ago, when he went back to uh, when he went back overseas to play after the, the debacle in, in Boston, but, uh, because I think uh, Carlo didn't even play maybe one or two shifts in the third yeah, period Carla, Carla or in Game Seven. A few players on that team, uh, right? He just didn't feel wanted. He came back here now. The question is. Are you going to want to pay him the three to four to five million dollars that he deserves after this year because of the year that he's having? Well, that's that's that that's the million dollar question because if he if he goes on and finishes this year with thirty thirty five goals, then you've got you 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 you're putting them into a five million five million dollar category if not more than that. So you know, Komarov at three million or whatever he's making two point nine two point nine. Yeah. Okay, we're we're getting tremendous value for the money. But can you can you foresee wanting to sign Leo Komarov at five to five and a half million? And if you and if you don't, if that, that's that, not your plan, that, that's the going then rate. Trade. That'll be the going rate for yeah. that type of player. Uh, yeah. I, 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 the salary like, cap's not going up. Yeah, the salary cap's not going up, and you got other guys that you might want to deal. Uh, I think Lupo might be the first guy on that uh, on that trading block. Well, let's talk about who else might be on it because I, I I have to, I have to think. Well, you know, in, in, in what I call the age of mediocrity in the NHL, I mean, you know, Naz, you and I have analyzed these, these standings over the course of the last, uh, and, you know, uh, a- anybody can make the playoffs. Yeah, and I know Montreal Canadiens are in they're, deep trouble. Yeah, they're dropping. To make it they're dropping. Because they like don't an have anchor. their goalie. Yeah. 
So any anybody there's there's I I can envision various scenarios where the Leafs could make the playoffs. I mean if 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 Bernier gets hot and Reimer gets back and, and Reimer plays like he did before he got hurt, um, you know there there are scenarios where the Leafs could make the playoffs. Um, but you know come the end of February when you have to make serious decisions, um, I got to believe that Shanahan and Lamarillo are going to stick with the plan. Well, which I, means, which means that it may not be Leo Komarov, but who's who? Who potentially is headed out of town here? Well, the, 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 their biggest concern is going to be salary, so they're going to have to dump salary. And the, there's three guys on the top of that list. Uh, Lupo's one, and two. Can they afford to keep a Bozak and Kadri style player as their number second, uh, as their second and third centerman? They know they're still looking for that number one centerman to to key the big line, but you got Bozak and you. Got uh, Kadri, they're almost similar styles. Kadri's going into his option year too. He's going to he signed a one year bridge contract. Bozak's making what four four and change. Lupul obviously is making five and change. If they can, if they can deal their contracts and get rid of the uh, some of the money to open up for free agents to come here, and we know who we're talking about. Uh, oh, he's one. I, I think I, mean, I think Lupul will probably one. be the main guy. As long as he stays injury free, will be the probably the number one but, guy on a lot of uh, people's lists. That's the issue with Lupo. I don't think he's ever been injury free. And what, what's going to what's going to make him change? Right? Well, the, the, the so clubs the clubs look at that. They, they, of course, for sure they it. look at that. But Tyler Bozak, what does he have to do? He's proven himself. I mean, it was because before it was because Kessel was the winger. Now, what is the reason why his point totals are better than he, he's ever had? There's a guy you could get a lot for now. When you 4. say a 4. lot. 4. 4.2 million dollars for a second center. He's definitely a top second center. He's fantastic on the draw in both ends of the rink. I mean, he's proven himself. What does he have to do? And I will I have not been a Tyler Bozak fan, but you know what? He's he's changed my thinking of him. He's a similar player to uh, the Johnson kid down in Tampa. Yes. You, you, yes. You, you put him with two young kids and uh and he he keeps putting numbers up. That's the bottom line. Uh uh, so are, are they going to look for that? Uh, what's what's the situation with Kadri going to be? Uh, yeah, that's the biggest it? question. Kadri's not a number Kadri. three centerman. No. Uh, even though he's learned to play without the puck this year, he's not a number three he's centerman. He's only got because, 16 points. Huh? So he has six points. goals. He has six yeah, goals. I mean, yeah. He's playing well, but he's not getting results. Yeah. I mean, so, I, mean uh, gotta, he, he, I think he's – I mean, i got to check the stats. I think he's got 16, 17, 18 points. I think he's sixth on the team in scoring. So we'll yeah. just have so to wait and see. Can your number one center be sixth on the team in scoring? Yeah, so that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But the big story for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just want to, uh, you know, go there for a second, guys. Uh, the big story, of course, this year for the Toronto Maple Leafs was the was the Mike Babcock signing at huge, huge, huge dollars, which didn't trouble me because I'm not signing the checks. I could. Uh, they want to pay him that kind of dough, and they brought in, and it's obviously made a difference. It's about time and, the coach made more than the players. Yeah, but well, it, you know what? What do you see, Lou? You're you're a seasoned observer. Uh, you've watched the Leafs. You've been in them in the alumni box watching all the games. Uh, what what makes Mike Babcock such a such a special coach? He demands perfection, practice, and in games. The the, the thing that is completely different over the last four or five years is that. If you play well, don't matter who you are, whether it's Fanuf, Ramiemsdijk, Lupul, you will play and you will get the ice time. And it proved to me uh, earlier in the year when Lupul, Van Ramiemsdijk, the star players were making all the money, they weren't playing well, 
and my backup didn't put them on the first unit on the power play. They put the kids on there because the kids were scoring the goals and they were playing hard. It happened with Matthias, who came over as a free agent, thinking that he was going to have all kinds of ice time. And you look at, look at Daniel Winnick. Daniel Winnick is just a hard-nosed grinder who comes to play every single game, and he gets penalty-killing time, and he even gets uh, some power play time that Mike has actually re- rewarded him with through his efforts. Anyways, you're, of course, listening to the voice of Lou Franceschetti. Uh, it's time for our break. We'll be right back after the break, and I uh, guess we'll talk a little bit Toronto Blue Jays, the real big story in Toronto this year. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636, and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... Someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. 
There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. And with us in studio this morning, Lou Franceschetti, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Washington Capital, and Buffalo Sabre. Did I miss any teams along the way, Lou? Lots of minors. Lots of the minors are not there. Yeah, but you, uh, you, you, hung, you hung around the NHL for quite a few years. And, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I wasn't called suitcase. You never, so you never played, for the, played for the Broom Dusters, did you? <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a name of a team, the Broom the Dusters. Broom Dusters. was. Binghamton. Anyways, Binghamton. this is uh, our year-end 2015 uh, show. It's our last show for the year 2015. It's been an interesting year. Um, you know, we've had some interesting, uh, interesting interviews along the way. Some, uh, some greats we've talked to: Cornway, Dion Sittler. We've talked to Keon, Scotty Bowman, of course. Uh, and then we talked to Paul Beeston and Paul Godfrey, and that leads us into our next topic of discussion. Of course, the big story in Toronto this year was, of course, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, things yes. look pretty bleak. Until Alex Anthopoulos rolled the dice and turned the Blue Jays' fortunes around. And, uh, and we are still, uh, that was an earthquake that happened, and the tremors are still being felt. Uh, certainly, we are looking forward to the 2016 Blue Jays season. But 2015 was certainly a remarkable year for the Blue Jays and for the fans. And uh, Naz, you and I always, uh, we epitomize the voice of the fans here, and we... Uh, we gave a huge compliment, a huge pat on the back to uh, Alex Anthopoulos. Uh, he, I guess, he rolled the dice, uh, and he didn't think he was gambling. But uh, uh, he was he remarkable turn of events in the month of July in in Toronto. And uh, your recap of that? Yeah, he, the the trades he made and the big one was bringing uh, Price David Price into uh, Toronto. But Paul Beeston was on the Fan Five Ninety during the week. And uh, he described Anthopolis, and one thing he said that really hits is that he likes the action. If you notice Anthopolis, he's a hands-on type of guy, and I know that that wouldn't work with Shapiro coming in, and I think that was the problem of him getting signed here. Well, it's the same thing as you go to Vegas. You're going to roll the dice as many times as you can. If you don't win the first couple of times, you're going to finally... Hopefully the, the the odds have to change in your favor, yeah. and that's exactly what what happened with Alex. Is that you look up until July, this was a fifty five and fifty three kind of ball club. They weren't going anywhere. He says, "Let me roll the dice again. Let me see what kind of price that uh, David Price is going to bring in." Well, obviously, he brings in Tulowitzki first. Okay, he brings David Price. He brings in Low. He brings in Ben Revere. These are all missing pieces that they never had before. And they go on probably the best two months of any baseball team of this era or any time ever. Uh, the problem was that they got beat by a better ball-hitting team. They were strictly, the Blue Jays at the time, were strictly a home-run-hitting team. They were like the Earl Weaver, the Baltimore Orioles of the early 70s. Uh, they, they had to wait for the three-run homer. And when that happens, sooner or later you're going to fa- face a team that puts the bat on the ball, doesn't strike out as much. Uh, a little bit better pitching, and you're going to get bit. And, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, I think they should have got bit against uh, the Rangers, but they, they came up with the one big bat there after uh, after that phony call there at the end. Uh, but at the tail what end, an they, definitely, they definitely got beat by a better ball club with the Kansas City Royals. 
you know what? Uh, I'm not sure they got beat by a better ball club. Um, Kansas City certainly were deserved winners. Uh, I, you know, I, I always go back, and I, and I and I've postulated this theory. I said what turned what turned the Kansas City uh, series around, uh, not so much turned it around. Um, I, I want I want to think about that series if if the Jays would have had Brett Cecil in the bullpen. And you know he he got hurt in that freak little uh, running thing in the in the in the against Texas against Texas. What he pulled a calf muscle, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I think I, I you know and guys you know you can tell me I'm crazy. You know you gotta you gotta fight through injuries and whatever. I mean Brett Cecil didn't throw out an arm. He he pulled a calf muscle for a pitcher. I think I think if Brett Cecil is available in the bullpen, that would have changed. That may have changed the result of two games yeah, in that may, series. When they had to keep, they kept Price in that game. I think it was game two, and and I can't remember the other game. Game six was it? Game six? I don't remember. But two games where they left Price out there and they got to him. Uh, I I think if you got Cecil coming in. You, you would have got Price out of that game two or three batters earlier, at least two batters earlier. I know that you're smirking there, Lou, and the only reason you're smirking is because you're a New York Yankee fan. And uh, but uh, I, I think it's I don't hold know. that against someone. <laughs> that or being an Alabama fan. Alabama's uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I think the Jays were one pulled calf muscle away for perhaps being World Series winners. But you know what? Uh, you got to fight through injuries. I guess that's professional sports. Kansas City's top of the lineup. I've played the. Yeah, I mean, they had that, I can't even remember their names anymore, but that guy who was their leadoff hitter, they just couldn't get him out. I mean, these guys just knew how to manufacture runs. They played baseball the old way. I mean, they reminded me of the Los Angeles Dodgers from the mid-60s. The Dodgers, and I mean, they didn't have Koufax and Drysdale on the mound, but, the, you know, they, 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 you could eke out wins with these guys. They'd get a guy on first, they'd sacrifice him to second, and they'd figure out a way to Better get him ball home. hitting. Better ball in key moments. Yes. Right? Yep. You need to, you know, you got to, in baseball, it, you, if you're swinging for fences, you can live or die by that sometimes, right? How many, how many times do you see a guy score from first base on a single? Yeah. That's what happened in one of the games. Hit and run, so I'm not right? sure if it yeah. it's old it, time it was, yeah. It's game. old time baseball. You know, Kane went, Lorenzo Kane went from first to third, and Batista had a small little uh, brain cramp, yeah. threw the ball in the second instead of throwing it at home. Kane saw that he just rolled. He just ran, ran right around third and scored, uh, and that that could have been a crucial point in, in game five or six. And, and, and ultimately, I think their bullpen their bullpen determined that series in a certain way. I mean, uh, you know, once once KC got to the eighth inning with some of those arms they were bringing in, it was it got tough for the Jays. I, I've thought about this. Uh, the least, the at least the Jays. I mean, we talk about the least so much. The Jays signed Jay Happ as one of their. Well, guys. we got him back. Yeah, yeah, we got him back. How he how does he handle the situation that he's basically the replacement for David Price, and the Blue Jay fans are going to look at that every time this guy comes out on the mound and has a bad outing, he's going to get it from the fans. That's where the way I see it, and I there's no I don't mean to be mean with Jay Happ, but that's the situation that they're in. How do the Jays handle that? Well, so I, I, I look at it completely different than that. I think Marcus Stroman is going to be is going to replace David Price. Uh, Jay Happ is going to come in here. And he's going to throw out the book that he had here the previous years. He's going to come in here with a second, a good third and fourth hole starter, uh, and he's just going to build off of that. Uh, we'll have to find out if he can pitch in the American League East. Uh, you know, coming over from Pittsburgh and playing in that Central League, 
Essentially, uh, the National League baseball is completely different than the American League. Well, Jay Happ's been in the American League. I mean, yeah. he was here before. You know, and he was here. He and was, he wasn't popular then. He, so he, he well, was, I know he wasn't we'll your favorite we, player. We'll see no, how but he handles there's many that. guys that didn't like Jay Happ here. Come on, Walt. It's not just me. No, but uh, what did they sign him for? Is it $12 million? $12 million. Over, over how many years? One. Three, three years. Is it a three-year deal? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a short term, So, uh, but $12 million, if, if that's if the Jay Happ's But I didn't mean it to replace... Uh, price. I mean it to replace him on the team because they had Price. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he's taking the, his well, spot. Well, let's have a look. His, well, he's going to take Burley's spot. No, no, not he's, his. He's taking Burley's spot. Let's have a look here. How many arms have they lost and how many have they brought in? Who? Have, I mean, they've lost Burley. Uh, yeah, they lost Price. They lost Price. Uh, Lowe is gone. Uh, the, ending the, other, the, the old guy there. What was Hendricks. Hendricks, Hendricks is gone. Hendricks is gone. He got dealt there for and, Chavez. And uh, what was that guy's name? The the um, the, the um, was it Dawkins, Hawkins? Oh yeah, he retired. He retired. Dawkins, so yeah. how many arms have we lost? Uh, they've lost four or five. How many have we brought in? One. Well, we got some work to do. They still have to fill out their bullpen. <laughs> we got some work to do. And they get, and Hutchison is he going to come back and do anything? Who knows? Right? Well, I don't. I like to be negative, but uh, you know, I mean. Can the Jays' bats repeat what they did last year? I mean, those are those are phenomenal numbers. I mean, Encarnacion, uh, Batista. I mean, Tulowitzki didn't have the greatest. Uh, you know, I mean, he was he's coming ca- on. He's, he was end. coming on, but he's capable of more. Yeah, let's put it that way. He didn't. He didn't really find his groove yet. Um, uh, Donaldson. Wow, what a year MVP. Um, if the, if you know to repeat those kinds of numbers. A second year in a row. I mean, that be, that may be asking for a lot. So if you if you don't get the same performance from your bats, where, where are you going to pick up the slack? Well, I think I don't think the bats will repeat completely repeat itself, but they're not going to slip that much. Really, they're, they're well, not. Well, you know, Bautista, and, uh, you know, he's a year older. Uh, and Carnacion can still hit. Right. So can Bautista. I think the, uh, one of the big key issues is going to be the turf. Well, they're going to. It's going to uh, work. Uh, it, it could work They're as a detriment to to, now, right? because of the older players. Well, not older players, but you're looking at Batista and, and then Canacion. Uh, their bodies are wearing down yeah. playing on that stuff. I mean, there's, there's certainly, there's certainly. I mean, even, I mean, even if they, I can't see them repeating last year's performances, just because his, historically in baseball, I mean, there's probably very, very few instances of a team uh, beating the beating the crap out of a baseball the way the Blue Jays did last year. Yeah, but, they but have, certainly they, the they talent. Have, they have older players from the start of the year now. So that, yeah. That, so that's you know, upset I, that. I mean, I, I still think they're going to dominate from a batting perspective, even even if they even if they slip a notch. But I, I I'm looking at this lineup; they got problems in in on their pitching side. Um, they, the, the they key they've is got, uh, they've, got, they've got some holes to fill. The well, key they got is Stroman. Stroman for the whole year now. Yeah. yeah as long as we don't get uh, knock on wood uh, any injuries, that's the that's the issue, right? If one of those starters goes down, where where are the Jays, right? Yeah. The, depth, the depth in the pitching staff is definitely not there. Unless they're thinking about doing what they did last year and at the trading deadline. But they've, they've traded so much of their minor league talent. How much of it do they have left? I mean, they had, they had some trading cards last year to bring in Price and, uh, and, and some of the other guys. But uh, how many more guys do they have down on the farm that they can bring in somebody in at the, at, uh, at the trade deadline? That's, well, I, Pat Henkin says there's still guys down there. There's quite a few guys still down yeah, there. So well, hopefully, they might not be ready. They may oh, not be ready. Oh, hopefully. Anyways, uh, we are about arriving to the end of our 2015 year, Naz, and I guess uh, it's time for some thank yous. Uh, it's been a great year for us. We've had some yeah. fabulous guests. Uh, 
Some really uh, interesting uh, people we've talked to. Uh, some legends, Sittler, Potvin, Scotty Bowman, uh, you know, great show it's with Bill Simons, Pete Martin, and Joe Theismann talking about the 71 Argos. We talked to Bob Cole. We talked to Harry Neal. The, the, the list is endless, and we've had, we've had so much fun uh, talking to some of the legends from the past, and we certainly want to thank them. We want to thank our sponsors, of course, uh, who've supported us, some great people at, uh, at Pizzaville, at Titanium, at Rigobon Carly, at Steel's Paint, at Regal Security, uh, probably missing Alta Infinity. Um, uh, you know who you are, Dominic, Claudio. Claudio, we wish you the best. Uh, Angelo, Stephanie, and Nella. Of course, your people at Titanium, Naz. Yeah. We're very thankful for uh, everything our sponsors have done. And, of course, we're thankful to our listeners. Um, they have made us an extremely highly rated uh, show. And our, our ratings have gone up almost 40% this year. And we're into over fifty to 60,000 uh, households every uh, every fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 listeners on some Sunday mornings. The ratings have been great. And we like to think we're uh, representing the fans' views here uh, on our show. And we certainly want to thank our listeners for their tremendous support. Yeah. And uh, I know you want, uh, you, you've want you got a few thanks. Yeah, thanks to everybody for sure, Wally. And uh, the one thing I, I do think is going to happen is that Paul Beeson will end up staying with the Blue Jays as an ambassador. So I'm throwing that out before the show is out. I, uh, I get the sense that he's going to be working for the Jays still. And that's a good sign. And Paul, Paul does listen. And uh, thanks, Paul, for uh, your time as uh, Blue Jay president. Anyways, uh, once again, thanks to uh, all, all, everyone who has supported us. And Lou, you and I joke a bit. We take shots at each other and we take jabs at each other. And you always remind me of how few games I played in the NHL. And I thank you for that reminder. Uh, but uh, we always appreciate you coming in and joining us and sharing your insights, uh, which are valuable with all of our listeners. Thank you, and we wish you uh, a tremendous new year. Thanks, Wally. It's going to be a very, very interesting 2016. Uh, a lot of stories out there, and we'll see if uh, in what directions they go, with, especially with, uh, with our lovable Blue Jays. And our Leafs. And our most beloved Maple Leafs. Anyways, uh, it's uh, time has run short. He was smirking when he said the Blue Jays, but he, that's okay. Luke. And we'll, we will, there's some great 2016 stories to talk about, and we will start talking about them next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Thanks so much for listening. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.